Hello, welcome to Pop Culture Yearbook. On this show, we pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year. We then discuss our memories and dig into those movies, albums, shows, and more. I am your host, Brad. I'm Pete. And I'm Giff. And we're back. Yay! World's the world's greatest podcast. Yeah, we should change our name. Congratulations, you did it. You did it. <laughs> yeah, somebody would believe it then. Right. Wow, what a seamless transition into our topic, Pete. Way to go. That's the idea. You were just sitting on that, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was. I had it written down. <laughs> oh god. So, uh we are continuing our mashup month of 2003 slash Christmas. So we've talked Christmas music. And then last week we talked about Love Actually, which came out on November 7th of 2003. And now tonight we are going to talk about another movie that came out on November 7th of 2003. And it's another Christmas movie. And that movie is Elf. Yes. Great choice. Great choice. Elf is great. A modern classic is what it really is. It's a movie that uh, the second you saw it, I think you knew that it would fit into that category. And did you know that when they made this movie, maybe this is a later fact I had, but uh, the, the the mission of John Favreau and the movie makers was to make a holiday classic that would get rewatched every year. That's a well, good strategy. Mission accomplished. Because, Much like I us mean, with our podcast, we're trying to make each one a classic. Each one in the pantheon yeah, that's, of podcasts. That's Patreon. <laughs> so well, that's um, awesome. And and you know, I mean, the movie we watched last week, uh, great movie in love, actually. But this one is definitely geared more towards the entire family. Much lighter subject matter. Sit and watch with the kids. Correct. You know, all ages. <laughs> And well, speaking of that, no porn, no porn scenes in this one. <clears throat> well, no. funnily enough, so we watched Love Actually again the other night, and we were—I had suggested that our daughter, who's thirteen, she could just as well watch it. I mean, as long as we just warn her, you're going to see this because you know they know they and they, she's watched shows with us, and especially with my wife, where that kind of content has been discussed, if not quite shown as graphically. So we're like, it's a romantic comedy. She'll probably love it. Let's watch it. Um, but she actually kind of changed her mind. And um, once once we started watching it, we were both like, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> we didn't need to be watching this with her. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said last week, you know, when Billy Mac just starts off right away with the movie with, you know, unleashing a cavalcade of about, you know, six, seven swear words right off the bat. It's. Well, yeah. that one wouldn't bother me at all. It's just that's the, not the, the watching the yeah. uh, porn stand-ins, you know, porn with your 13-year-old daughter. That's just awkward, you know. So. <laughs> it, is. it is. Lesson learned. We're not ready yet, I guess. Right. Well, let <laughs> uh, me know how if, that if works. You get nothing else out of this daughter. I mean, I don't know you, when that would be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you take yeah. nothing else away from this podcast. It's don't watch porn with your 13-year-old children. <laughs> <laughs> the lessons are really great on this side. <laughs> they just come out all the time. But speaking of Elf, as you said, Giff, we watch it every year. It's usually the first Christmas movie we watch every year, and we all just love it. So it is truly family-friendly and a modern classic. Do you remember, uh, did either of you see this in the movie theater? Do you have any memories of when you saw this movie? 
I did not see it in the theater. Um, I did not either. I'm sure the call having seen it in the theater either. I know that we got it on DVD, Mm -hmm. so it must have been 2004 probably because we received it on DVD from my sister as part of a gift. And I don't know if I'd even seen it yet at that time, which surprises me a year later. But so whatever it was, I remember receiving the DVD and then I know we watched it like right away then. So that might have been my first time watching it a year after it came out, actually. I can't even say that I recall the first time that I saw this movie. If it was, I, I don't remember the circumstances at all. I, um, I don't know. Good story, I think huh? We, we do <laughs> own it on, on DVD. Um, I know my wife was a much, she's the one who I believe brought it into our house. Um, so that's where I remember well, watching you, it was just at home. Yes, a, aren't you kind of hot and cold or even more cold on Will Ferrell? Or am I well, wrong so, on that? No, you're you're correct on that because when he came in to doing movies, um, I wasn't big on a lot of the stuff that he did early on because it seemed like he was doing the same character. Right. It was always a I felt the scene. same way. It was a exactly. sports theme. It was you know like oh, yeah. Blades the sports of movies got really overdone. or whatever, and yes. and. Um, what was the semi-pro? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so it's like, well, is he always just going to be the dumb guy doing a sports show? Well, in this one, it catches me different. He's still obviously a dumb guy, but it's so heartfelt. Oh, and he's, just, he's so not, cute. though. He's just naive and childish, which is wonderful, right. and he's so right. good at it. He's not, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't feel like he knows more than than he should. There's so much heart to it. And this was a movie that really turned me around on on Farrell. I loved him on SNL. He was great. So many good characters. But those um, would get old too, the, you know. I felt I felt some of those same characters really ran Will Ferrell early on on SNL, where I didn't like him at first. I remember just kind of being annoyed by him, but then he just grew on me. Now I love him. He's one of my favorite comedians. Anytime he comes on, he doesn't even have to say anything. I just start laughing. <laughs> And, uh, but, um, I don't know what it was about him that I didn't like at first, but I, I really didn't. And I feel like, and I, I mean, I don't know, this is just within my own world, but I feel like this movie wasn't like an instant, you probably have the box office numbers. Usually you come prepared with that. Yeah. I feel like this wasn't like an instant, like giant hit. It was kind of more that it did grow more on DVD and became bigger and bigger, but maybe that's just because that's my experience. But like, it might have had some people wary of it because, you know, Anchorman had just come out that year and maybe they were sick of Will Ferrell and thought, oh, this is going to be stupid. But then once you see it, you right. know, it's how can you resist? It's just mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Well, and I got to go back because actually like Semi-Pro and Blades of Glory came out after this movie. Oh, I, I so knew that. I I might have I thought, started, I thought that, but I may have not seen this for, you know, maybe six, seven years after it came out. I yeah. guess I don't exactly remember what I saw it the first time, but I know it, I didn't go yeah. to the theater. Um, and we generally watch it at least once a year um, at Christmas time. And of course, it's always on television during Christmas time, too. So you'll catch it and sit down and watch parts of it. Um, it's one of about three or four movies that is a must watch in our Christmas repertoire. Which yeah, we'll probably which we'll name at the, the end of this episode, later. right? I'm not going to go. Yeah, I'm not right. going to go into the rest of them now, but <laughs> this one is definitely on that list. Yeah. 
because my yes. kids love it so much and I love it so much and my wife li likes it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, well, and just, this is kind of on the side, but Will Ferrell, he, yeah, he is a great comedian, but he's gone on to do, I mean, if you've seen some of his other, like more dramatic roles too, that guy is a great actor. Like he mm -hmm. can do much more than just play that role. One of my favorite movies is Stranger Than Fiction with uh, Emma Thompson Emma and Thompson. a whole bunch yep. of guys that are, a whole bunch of people are in it, but he, he plays this role so perfectly. And that movie is awesome. To the point where that might be one that I choose that we talk about when we get to that year. Because mm -hmm. it's so different. It's so much out of his normal like thing. And he's got a few others like that too. But that's for me, that's the go-to one. So he right. is uh he's got a lot going on there. He's not stupid. Well, there's so many great stories you hear about his personal life. I don't know if you if you've heard this story about Will Farrell, but it's just one that I love. It's when he was at college, before he became a star or anything, uh, but he went to college at USC. And he had his college buddies, like three or four college buddies, that were in, in like a science class or something, like a biology or whatever, and they're in an auditorium. Well, he dressed up as a janitor and, and just went right in and started mopping the floor while his buddies are, they know it's him, but the professor didn't say nothing or... Or, or stop, but he just like started wiping everything down and then started like making faces at the at the professor behind his back and all that kind of stuff and uh, made, made his buddies laugh and it's just the kind of thing that's right up his alley. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's it's I think it's a pretty funny story. Yeah. Well, and he uh, I think I thought you were going to say something different, but I think he's genuinely considered a really nice guy too yes unlike like chevy chase who we've talked about who we'll bring up later tonight probably who we all love i mean people hate chevy chase he's not he's an absolutely he's not somebody that people like yes will ferrell is i think much the opposite of that and i hope that is the case in his personal life yes because yeah, i want him to be totally a nice agree guy. I assume I always assume they're nice guys until I know otherwise in cases sure. like that. You know, and there's some you can look at them and just kind of tell the way you see certain things where. But right. I've never really seen that with him. He he comes across as genuine. Totally agree. Well, All right. And uh, another note on casting, since we're talking about. Ooh, I've got a whole cast thing here. So, we oh, can my God, that. the cast in this movie is fantastic. Well, and right off the bat, you got Bob Newhart, and he's <laughs> just... I'm sorry. Before we do the cast, can we talk yeah. about how the movie starts first? Oh, sure, sure. Go Maybe ahead. that's backwards, I guess. But that's how my no, notes are. Go for are. it. Okay, go I just, for it. I just wanted to... We talked about how they wanted to make a modern classic. Mm -hmm. And and I'm sure, I guess you guys know would have noticed this. The thing that drew me to this movie, like, right when it starts... It is so clearly modeled on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the whole yes. North Pole settings, Correct. which I we are. I mean, I'm a huge, huge fan. That's one of my mm -hmm. favorite Christmas things to watch every year. And it just it pays homage to that type of classic TV special so beautifully. It's just it's perfect. And it's for me, because that's what I grew up with, though. But that's my vision of the North Pole. That's what I want it to look like. I want it to be simple, <laughs> quiet. It's this close-knit little community like they have there. There's not a ton of elves. Because, you know what? The elves are magic, so you don't need a million of them. If you right. guys have seen the Polar Express or some of the other ones, I think 
I haven't seen, you know, too many other, but some of them, the North Pole is is depicted as this just like massive, giant, huge, massive and yeah. like bustling place where it's just, it's like a Kelly Clarkson Christmas song where it's on crack. Right. And I don't like that because that's not, that does not fit that nice feeling of Christmas. And, and if it's really magic and if these elves are so nice, why do you need all that? Those Gifford, look so much more commercial. Right. What'd you well, say, Pete? I said, Gifford, do you want to tell him? Yeah. <laughs> no, Those I'm look gonna, so I'm much more commercial, magic. though. I'm gonna leave the and magic. this just fits that. It's just that whole mood, and I love that. And I love how it just drew me in right away, because that's how I like to picture the North Pole. And, and John Favreau, the director... I just I love what he did there. So do you know do you know why there are so many elements to Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer in this? Because like the elf costumes are exactly the same as Rudolph yeah. the Red Nosed Reindeer. So they could do all that because Rudolph <clears throat> from nineteen sixty four is not properly copyrighted. There's something, there's some mm-hmm. error in the Roman numerals of the copyright notice. So they could use all the elements. So that's why you have the snowman. That's why you have the animals. That's why the North Pole. Arctic puppets. Exact, yeah, everything. You got the narwhal. Hi, Mr. Yep. Narwhal. All of those elements are in this movie because Rudolph isn't properly copyrighted. So it seems kind of shady, like they're taking advantage of them. <clears throat> I don't right, think so. They're paying homage they to are. a classic, right. and that's what makes it so great. And if you want to make an instant classic, it's good to show model model a model. You know, a old classic. So that's how the movie starts. I hope that's okay. I just if you have anything else you want to say about the beginning, like if it drew you in as well, and then we can let's get into the cast here too. Yeah. Now I think it's on a DVD, or they do the uh, that that's what we have is the special extras and and how the movie is made and everything and it's just cool to watch if you if you have the dvd you've probably seen it uh but like how it's all filmed and how they made how they use the um forced perspective right to oh yeah make him look big and everybody Mm -hmm. else look small all of that kind of stuff and the making of how they structured the buildings and everything is all white and and it's a pretty cool thing to see how that's done yeah, and visually, that's part of it. The visually, it's just awesome to look at, and it's and that striking. just yes brings you in. So that's how it starts, and that's why right away I knew this is going to be a good movie, in my opinion. Right, right. All right, Gifford, do you want to take us into the cast? Sure. So well, Bob hold, Duhart, just be- oh. before, the, sorry, I just had another no, thought right. though. Like, like it just adds to the contrast between the north pole Ooh. and new york city very right? good there's Pete. a whole con it accentuates that contrast between those two kind of worlds that he's in and and i think that it adds to the movie that way pete that's a good thing you said that because that was brilliant thank you <laughs> i'm out of here bringing the man <laughs> that's I'm it out. for me i'm out of here <laughs> so all right gifford we, now we you start can... off with bob newhart um giving as the narrator, correct? Coming in. Yes. Yeah. He starts yes. talking He's... and, and he, right away, I mean, his voice is like a hot cup of cocoa, you know, it's just, it, it just brings you right in. And he just tells the wonderful story of how, you know, buddy comes to be at the North pole. Um, I love his description of elves jobs. There are only three jobs for an elf. Yeah. There's the cobbler. 
And then you could bake cookies in a tree. And of course they show the Keebler elves tree and it like blows up or whatever. There's a fire. <laughs> and then, and then there's the show as he puts it. And that's uh, Santa's workshop. And it opens on, you know, all the elves working. T- and uh, what I loved was they were one of the big toys that they make are Etch-A-Sketches, which was my first video game concept. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and Yuki said his voice, but I think, Speaking of his voice, just the way he talks and his little stutter and everything, mm-hmm. it's just that fits the whole theme of how this is just so kind of like naive and, and childish, but with adults. And, and you know, you've got this guy that is an adult you love, but he he talks to you in this way that you love and kids can can enjoy it. It's just he's perfect. He's a, it was a role, a, a casting genius there. Yes. Another stroke of casting genius is who they got to play Santa Claus. Yes. Another TV sitcom classic actor, Ed Asner, mm-hmm. um, who who is a perfect, uh, the perfect cross between curmudgeonly and, you know, Heart, just heartwarming, heartwarming, gentle. Yeah. Yes. Because he is like in Rudolph, the Santa is very curmudgeonly in that, in that special. Yep. He is not the That's most true. welcoming guy. Right, not the and jolly Asner, old elf we thought he would be. No. Speaking of Ed Asner, did you know that? So he had played Santa Claus before, and to tie back to one of our former conversations, he played Santa Claus in the movie Christmas Vacation Two, the cousin oh, Eddie really? one that we brought. Oh, that's I, what yeah, I, that's what I read. Okay. I have not seen it. I have which not. Which came out in what year? Oh, I don't know. I think. Here, I'll look it up really fast while you talk I'm about it. I'm wondering if it came out, if it was before or after Elf. Oh, I'm almost 100% sure it's after this. Okay. Oh, really? It was that late? Okay. Yeah, well, let me check. Place. 2003. Holy crap. The same year. Same year. So, wow. It's been typecast. Well, that's interesting. You didn't even have to change costumes. They just, <laughs> they just went from one to the other. And Ed Asner, by the way, R.I.P., Yes. Just recently passed away. What, Correct. two months ago? Three months ago, maybe? But those two, yeah. I mean, Will Ferrell, of course. I mean, you're three for three on, like, the most perfect casting choices. Yes. Right now. And we're not done yet. No, we aren't. Because um, James Kahn, who we find out is uh, Buddy's father, I mean, perfect casting as well. Because, you know, he's known as, you know, a very crusty character. You'd never um, expect him to be, you know, in this movie. Right. But you need that character. You need him to be, uh, you know, a thick He's shell. He's the heavy. Right. He's the heavy. But and, like Ed Asner, he can also totally pull off, especially at the end, the heart. I mean, you can, I mean, he's he's so good. He, yep. he really plays those last scenes awesome. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, it's... You, but you think waiting? of the Godfather first with him. I mean, right. this is not the Godfather. I mean... You're or waiting for him Vegas. to punch or Buddy in the Vegas, face. Yeah. You're waiting for him to f- do physical harm yeah. to Buddy the Elf when they first get together, you know. <laughs> but you know that—that's the beauty of it. That uh, another great, great casting. I, I, I had love kind of this. Two others before he appears. One going back to the North Pole. There's another wonderful little uh, cameo type of role. You guys probably know this too, but Peter yeah. Billingsley from. A Christmas Story, the Red Rider BB gun. He yes. is Ming Ming the Elf, yep. which if you don't know that, you might not even really realize it because 21 years later. And but he, that's uh, just another great little to use a classic mm-hmm. and a character that everybody loved, and then put that guy in your movie. Right, brilliant. 
and Billingsley has has worked himself into a uh, a great director, correct? Of uh, television. Yeah, he does like directing instead more now than I right. forget what he directed, but he's not much, not as much of an actor. Yeah, uh, he was in the Nestle Quick commercials back in those days. I remember that. The, the you remember that he he was. I don't uh, kind of. Anyway, <laughs> that the was the person, only other thing I knew him from. It, the other person that uh, I had down that we meet right before James Caan is his secretary. I uh, love Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. She plays that yes. role also perfectly. I mean, everybody just, they just, it's like they just pulled him off the street and said, you're the person for this role and you're going to just nail it. And she's so good right. with her interactions with Buddy. And right. how excited she gets to see him and the things she says. She's just she's a little weird, but that's what that's what makes her great. Which kills me as why is she James Conn's secretary? Like you think that she would drive him nuts because she is just well, a bubbly personality. And she does drive him nuts, it appears. Right. I mean that's but you would think he would get rid of her because there's no way he's he's, you know, gonna go with her, you know, as his secretary. But yeah, she's great. She's just so happy to see him. She just plays right along into Buddy's, you know, delusions, uh, you know, that everybody thinks he's having. Um, yeah, Amy Sedaris is great. What you got next? Um, America's mom, Mary Steenburgen. She's, she's the best mom. She is. She's yeah, just so she's cute. She's the glue that holds the whole thing together. Yes. Well, and, and the whole I family. mean, if you come home and you tell your wife that you have a 30-year-old son from a previous relationship, don't you think there would be some hesitation? No, no, no. She's all she's all <laughs> over. She's like, no, you have to, you know, he can stay here. I have no problem with that. And he comes in and, you know, cuts a treat out in the park and puts it up. And, you know, well, she felonies. doesn't care. Felonies are fun now. <laughs> felonies are fun now exactly <laughs> she's she's just all into it she loves it she she thinks it's great for you know if her husband gets to know this kook you know she's she's awesome i love her Pete, in this. again you have nailed it when you said she's the glue that holds it together without her this whole thing would probably fall apart right james con probably right. would punch him <laughs> and, but she just is fantastic as a mom well, and to me, where he would absolutely do physical harm to Buddy was uh, when he's tucking him in and Buddy goes for the tickle fight. Yeah, tickle fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think. Or when he sees him. that he tore apart his entertainment center that night. Well, and that's one of the great things about this movie, too, is in the elf world, Buddy is awful as an elf. But in the yeah. human world, he's yeah. extraordinary. He's misfit. Yes. Yeah. He's absolutely right. extraordinary. His decorating skills, his... his uh, you know what? I think 85 etch sketches in a day is pretty darn good. Right. <laughs> right. He, he, well, he played uh, he played both roles well. Like, the, mm -hmm. uh, he's a human trying to fit in the elf world, and now he's an elf trying to fit in the human world. Yeah. And it shows it, but I mean, and it's not easy to... It's not easy to do that. And that's, again, we've talked about this, Pete. Comedians don't get enough credit for how good they are as actors when they're good like right. this. Exactly. He, this role is, you can't put somebody else in there to play that role like that. It, he's He just is that good. Right. One of my and he, and he's got to juggle though, these different things. What? I got a fun fact, though, for you. Who was you want to do an hour later? I'll do, the, I'll do this one now because it fits to what you just said. Okay. Who, Who was it going to be? Who, 
I'll, I'll give you a couple of guesses. Throw names out there. Uh, Tom Hanks. We'll let our listeners play along a little bit. No, it's not Tom Hanks. <laughs> Are you? It's what's the question? What's the uh, I think he's who, talking about who was originally cast or envisioned for the role. Originally, the, the movie was originally written for another actor, with another actor in mind. Was this also and, Chris Farley, like Shrek? No. Um, but I didn't. So, I remember this kind of was devised like earlier on when he was still alive, and it, it was. That's kind of a clue that I was going to give you is that it was actually written ten years earlier uh, See, for the actor, and it took that long for it to get green lighted and um, all of that stuff. I'm going to go just because of John Favreau being the director. I'm going to go with Vince Vaughn. It is not Vince Vaughn. Ah, nuts. Um. A comic actor who you could put in the same category as Will Ferrell. Right. I'm 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 just drawing a blank. It seems like it's pretty obvious, but I can't like I can't think of it. So you're just gonna have to. Uh, has our, has our, has our audience had Jim enough Car- time to think about it? No. Jim Carrey. Okay. That's right. That's oh. right. It's Jim oh, is Carrey. it? Okay. Yes. There you go. See, that was pretty obvious. Jim Carrey. Um, I don't. Th- I, I don't know. It's just always hard to to picture the movies and the different these movies. We talk about these all the time. Who was originally mm-hmm. cast to play these roles? I don't know. I find it hard to envision Jim Carrey in this. I role, do too. But, uh, and Jim Carrey is a great actor and another guy that can pull off drama. He should have been nominated for an Academy Award for the Truman Show and maybe other things. But I still don't see him in this role. I don't think he can been. pull. I don't think he can pull off the. The naive, childish part of it, in a without seeming way. too without Just seeming dumb. too over the top. Yeah, it might be over the top. Yeah, Will Ferrell I, is I so believable. He's the, it, it's the innocence of Will Ferrell. Yes. It, it's like he right. had a certain innocence to him that just made it uh, made it work. I, mm-hmm. I think Jim Carrey. Yeah, he would have been too over the top, and and maybe it would have been a totally different movie, and we'd be sitting here talking talking today. <laughs> Oh my God! I can't believe they considered considered Will Ferrell for this role. Yeah. It was, you know, <laughs> in an alternate universe, that's what we're talking about right yeah. now on pop pop culture yearbook alternate universe. Yes, <laughs> we do have a multiverse that we are. That's right. That's right. Part of the meta the metaverse. So then we we get to the <laughs> Gimbel's department store and we meet some other characters. Yes. Zoe de Chanel is the love interest. Jovi. Um, Jovi. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and I think she's great because she's such an awkward character, and that's what you need to kind of play off of him. And who can play an awkward woman more than than she does? Some people right. don't like her. I think they don't. That doesn't like kind of like Will Ferrell. I think she kind of rubs people the wrong way. I think she's pretty good in most things I've seen her in. Yeah, me but, too. Like she's perfect for this. No, I've heard yeah. I've heard people that can't stand her. I've seen people write about her, you know, on social media. But did you ever watch the new girl? <laughs> oh, oh, on social I, media. Yeah, I watched uh, the first two seasons of New Girl, and then okay. I thought the show just went off the rails and was terrible after that. So we quit watching it. Not See, because of I, her, just the right. writing, just the whole storyline just was not. We were not into it anymore. See, I liked her in that. Um, and I, I guess that's probably about the only other thing. Me too. I, I also love the movie Five Hundred <clears throat> Days of Summer that she did with um, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That. That's a great movie. Okay, but you know she's this like indie type awkward different kind of actress who will mm-hmm. do lots of things and, and that's perfect for this role because right you got to play off him and you got to play off him just right and, and i love how i love when he asks her out and he says you know the code the code 
And every time I hear that, I think it sounds creepy, like he's talking about sex. Right. But she doesn't hear it that way at all. She's just like nope. smiles and like gets so it. And you want to go eat food? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The line that makes me laugh in that same part with the mall Santa and everything. Um, it's not she wasn't really involved in this one, but it's like when there's a big chaos. And well, he's suspicious about that Santa. The yeah. fake Santa. And he goes, if you're really Santa, then what song did I sing for you on your birthday last <laughs> yeah. year? Uh, happy birthday? Of course. <laughs> right. Uh. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about Artie Lang, but I thought that was a pretty good casting choice, too. Just, yes. you know, the oh, right. typical, I... you know, overweight, grumpy mall Santa, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I love, so the, the guy that's running the place is Faison Love, and yep. he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love how mad he gets, but, like, we got to work together as a team. Code word, Santa's got a brand new bag. And it's just. Well, and what I love, one of the little things I love about his favorite. character is that he has pants that are just too short with white socks. I don't know why I always think of that and notice that, but. I just think that's one of the funny little things they have about him. You know, he walks so fast. He's always business I've all the time. I've never noticed that before. Oh, I just, I find well, it funny. have either. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Look for that. Clothes just don't quite fit him quite right. But yeah, I mean, he's he, outstanding. Every scene he's in, too, he's just, he's just great. And, and right. again, a perfect choice. He knows how to play the role. Yep. Uh, not a big name, but did you know that when they go to the Empire State Building, I'm sure you guys know this, but one of the two security guards is Will Ferrell's real life brother. Yes, I did not know that. Oh, Pete, I had a fun fact over you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. So I think that's fun. Have to look for that next time. Um, another. This is another fun fact. John Favreau, who plays the Doctor, that's another great little scene, and yep. I love that he puts himself into the movie like that. <laughs> he just keeps eating the, the cotton and just pops yep. it in his mouth. <laughs> so um, th- those cotton balls were undyed cotton candy. Yes. Yeah. But he is also the voice of Mr. Narwhal. Yeah, Bye, buddy. Hope you find you're, your dad. You're taking all, all my fun facts already. <laughs> the, the other one, too, about that same scene with the doctor is um, uh, during the needle prick. If you watch closely, you can see uh, James Conn cracks up. He he, yes. uh, he loses <laughs> it and he turns around uh, in the scene. So that's funny to hear because James Conn, you think of being really super serious actor and everything. But Will Ferrell cracks him. Right. Did you have... Um... Leon the snowman did I don't have anybody down for him was he somebody the voice or was he just more of a random um, actor I did he, not look up Leon he, he comes off like Leon Redbone or somebody but oh look you keep but he's going. another he's another side character and I just love the comment by Santa who says don't pay any attention to Leon he's never been anywhere he doesn't have any feet <laughs> 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 I think the only other um, oh. main casting person we haven't mentioned is the little brother who I'm not, I don't think he was anybody that was like, but I love him. He's a, he's great. I love how he plays off Will Ferrell too. Right. And, and of course he more. comes in, he comes in. Um, and he you know, hates him course, too at first. Hates him at first until you get the, uh, the belch in there and then the snowball fight, the snowball, the snowball fight, fight turns to time. Everything turns. 
Um, well, you, you haven't mentioned, um, oh, you know who the voice of Leon the Snowman was? I knew it had to be somebody. Leon Redbone. Okay, I said that. <laughs> I don't know why uh, I missed that. You you didn't mention uh, Peter Dinklage as Miles Finch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. That's yes, enough. I've got one. that one and Andy Richter. Andy Richter. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. that that scene, by the way, makes me really uncomfortable. Which one? <laughs> the the Peter Dinklage scene. Where he's, angry, where he's calling him an elf. He's calling the angry elf. Yeah, it's funny. It's but, but it seems a little bit politically incorrect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, it is. But again, it's it's the absurdity of it, and this guy who believes that he is an elf because of his short right. stature. He can't possibly understand. Right. <laughs> right. Did 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 you take oh, a? Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? I just. <laughs> he must be a South Pole elf. <laughs> keeps just Santa no, you... one more time. Just Santa know you left <laughs> the workshop. <laughs> I love the way he, and says, he it. says it so condescendingly. Yeah, it's just so great. But so my wife is not um, a very tall person. So if she starts to get a little angry with me, I'll use that line, which always diffuses the situation immediately. Of course. You know, calling somebody an angry little elf, but um, yeah, I I love that scene. Of course, yes, it's obviously politically incorrect, and it's uh, it's meant to be because he's it's not an right. elf. But yeah, that that is one of the highlights of the of the film for me. There's one other guy too with a really small role. The guy that talks to the newscaster on the street. He's yeah, he, he recognizes him, and yep. That scene always just makes me feel weird, too, because I'm just not sure what he's going for and why he keeps saying the stuff that he says to her. But it's still funny. It just seems mm-hmm. so kind of out of place. Like, what what is going on here? It's the guy who watches her on TV every night, and he's so excited to get to actually talk to her. I and, guess. You know. your, eyes, your eyes tell the story. Right. <laughs> so one thing about her, she works for New York One which is also uh, Robin Shabatsky's first uh, job ah. on uh, on um, How I Met Your Mother. Nice. Yeah. So Another show we may end up talking about someday. Yes, we will have to do that. <sighs> any any other casting choices? Have we, have we hit on everybody in the whole movie? Man. Um, we, uh... Yeah. The only other small role was um, Andy Richter's um, co-worker is uh, Kyle Gass. Yeah, who well, he's from uh, Tenacious D, right? Yeah, he's tena- he's from Tenacious D. So that was the only other one that that you know you recognize, I guess, um, peripherally. So All yeah, right. that was about it for the for the cast. So we talked about how it's so visually appealing, but not just in the North Pole. Even in Manhattan, because of all the costumes and the colors and all the Christmas decorations, I just think that's. I mean, it, it's it's all visually appealing. It's not a dirty city. Even well, I mean, they kind of point it out to be, but but you're seeing right. it kind of more through the eyes. It's probably because they're supposed to see it through the eyes of somebody of a buddy. seeing a buddy. New York City yep. Empire State Building looks so grandiose in some of those shots, and mm-hmm. and gimbals uh, is all made up, you know, oh, yeah. all decorated from you know from the outside, the inside. It's a little too oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gunning for my job. We gotta stick together. <laughs> um, I love a lot. So there's obviously a lot of funny lines. I'm sure we'll get to. We've said some. I've got a mm-hmm. lot more. But I love a lot of the physical stuff too. You brought up earlier, Gifford, the uh, like the perspective changes in the North Pole, and like when he's in the shower and on the bed and on the toilet yep. and like those physical gags 
are just they're so good i love that kind of stuff yep physical gag that stands out to me uh is <laughs> when he tries to to put the star on the christmas tree and he just hops up and knocks <laughs> over the whole tree <laughs> I think my favorite is when he's singing in the bathroom with Zoe and she yells at him and he runs out, but he runs straight into the wall and falls down. <laughs> that nope. makes me laugh oh. every time. Well, and the one that gets me every time <clears throat> is when he sees Gimbals for the first time and he's just in awe of the way it looks and he's walking across the street and the cab just wipes him out. Yes, that is <laughs> that is my other favorite. But, and, and then so later... Wrote, and then later in the movie, when he's on his date with Jovi, he goes, watch out for the yellow ones. Those don't stop. <laughs> I love that whole scene because it's it's playing the Pennies from Heaven song, and it's a whole little montage. Mm-hmm. And when he gets hit by the car, the music just squeaks stop. and stops. And then he gets up and jumps up, and the music starts again. And it's all, I mean, the music is such a big part of that little scene, too. And I've read, too, most of that was filmed with him just running around doing things with people that had no idea. Yeah. And in actual like, New York city. Yeah. yeah and it wasn't like, really staged. And, and so a lot of that is really just kind of like, see what we get. And, and they came up with all these great little scenes and interactions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was reading that, um, you know, when they were doing some of that stuff, there was, they had, was it three accidents in the Lincoln tunnel because people were confused as to why there was somebody walking along the edge. Oh, Really? Yeah, so when he goes through the, you know, candy cane forest, through the gumdrop, what is it, gumdrop? uh, Swirly sea of gumdrops. Yes, and And through through the the Lincoln Lincoln Tunnel. Tunnel. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so they, like, the shoeshine scene was just him with uh, Favreau, and um, they just kind of shot a bunch of that stuff with people that had no idea what was going on, Mm -hmm. and they just asked if they wanted to be in a movie. Like, I think actually the guy that's wearing the red suit that looks like Santa was an actual guy that was just wearing that. <laughs> right. I might not be 100%. Perfect. I was wondering right. that. I, I think I that's that before actually too. what that guy was wearing, and it just, you it's, know. It seems mm. too perfect. It does. Mm. Um, All right. So, yeah, I love the music adds to it. Um, so then let, let's, so we've kind of talked about the beginning. He goes through the tunnel. How about when he first meets his dad and he walks in and and she says, I think somebody sent you a Christmas scram. And this is one of my favorite lines. <laughs> yeah. What's a Christmas scram? I want one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, oh, and I also love. Uh, oh, I guess it's the next scene. So we can if you have more to say there, because I'd love the little song he makes up to. And then right. James Conn goes, huh? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, and you you see how much he wants to please his dad. He's so excited to finally meet him. So he'll do anything that is asked of him from his from his father. For that someone Uh, special. Right. (laughs) Well, and then he goes to um, to Gimbel's and another line. This is like an under the radar line, but I just think it's funny because the name is such a a great like Christmas movie name. And uh, Zoe Deschanel says to him. Did Crumpet put you up to this? Right. <laughs> I think that's a funny line and a funny name that they included that just seems fitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget the whole scene where he gets, uh, he's working down in the mail room and gets drunk with the other guy and is partying. And uh, that was a funny scene too. Where yeah. the guy goes, I'm 26 years old. Well, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. to that yet. 
Oh, sorry. But that's got a couple other great lines, so we can skip ahead, I guess, and go back. Um, but he meets, um, when he says, I'm 26 years old, and he looks like he's just right. so old. My favorite, one of the great lines is he goes, my papa didn't make Master Tinker until he was 490. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy just laughs, too. Just the, the reaction he gets, too, is, <clears throat> is hilarious. Well, and one of the lines that I like was right before that, before he gets sent down to the mailroom, where he answers his dad's phone <laughs> as, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> That whole thing, too. So the first time he goes to work with his dad and he makes him wear real clothes mm -hmm. and he says, I'm in work clothes. And then he meets Francisco. Francisco, that's fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> but he's I'm in work clothes. And again, Amy Sedaris, she just totally eats that up and, right. and just just loves him. Uh. Um, but so we skipped ahead. If we go back a little bit. James Kahn brings him home for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so you meet the whole family together. And we meet the son kind of for the first time. And I love how you can tell him and the dad don't have much of a relationship. Right. And I love his little James Kahn impression. I got a bunch of stuff to go over. Can I go eat in my room? <laughs> and Mary uh, Steenburgen is not having any of it. She, no. Yeah, she's like, again, she's trying to be the glue to keep this family she's together. trying to do the right thing. Yep. She just has a has a heart and wants to take him in. Well, and speaking of her, sure she, okay. she plays along so well when he makes breakfast the next morning and he pours all the crap on her spaghetti. Yep. She actually eats it and tries to eat a little bit there to make him happy. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and the night before at dinner... Um, when he asks for syrup for the spaghetti, and then he just has some up his up his sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> and he is there sugar the, in syrup? Yeah. Then yes, <laughs> yes. He explains the four food groups are candy what, canes, what, candy corn, candy corn, candy, right? Or just yep. No, I think it's candy, candy, and candy corns, syrup. candy canes, and syrup. and syrup. Right. Well, and I read a thing where he was getting migraines during the filming because he was actually eating too much of the sugar in these scenes when he was filming. So he was uh, getting headaches from from the sugar overload. Like when he really? eats the spaghetti with all the Pop-Tarts and everything <laughs> he on it. He crunches That's... everything off. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Also at the table, that's where he he has the awesome, really long burp. But then the yeah. line, "Did you hear that?" Did you... <laughs> <laughs> While he's two feet from the kid, and the I kid's mean, the burp looking is pretty at him funny, burp. but it's not funny enough until you get that line that brings it <laughs> right. home. Well, and that's my youngest <laughs> the kid's just annoyed. That's my youngest son's favorite part. I mean, he just loses it during the during the belt scene, and I love it as well. It's 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 one of the highlights. I would say that burp with the line afterwards and then the uh the angry elf scene are two of my faves in the uh in the whole movie <clears throat> so before the snowball fight scene that you brought up he goes to meet what's his brother's name uh his brother's name is michael michael he goes to meet him at school and this is just great too why is your coat so big good news i saw a dog today have you seen a dog do you have a friend does he have a big coat too <laughs> that whole thing. 
Well, and he's like the little brother. I mean, that's that's what your little brother would be saying to a big brother right. when they're walking to right. school. You know, he's so excited to see him. <sighs> and then, they, but yes, the 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 snowball scene is a big turning point, and. Of course, I love the end goes, of that when when the kid's getting away and he just mm, pegs him and the noise the kid makes as he falls to the ground oh, is also great. He, he, oh. he hits him from like fifty yards out <laughs> and just floors uh, the kid. Yeah, there's a fun fact about that scene that I got okay. is that uh, throughout most of the movie, and this gets back to the visual effects that we we're talking about, John Favreau did not want to use CGI. And uh, he tried to avoid it, but that was the only scene where he did use CGI uh, for that rapid fire snowball. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. You got to do yep. something there. Everything else yeah. was like shot the old way, like the old fashioned way is what he put it. Okay. Um, so and that actually adds to the realism, too, because CGI always looks so, so fakey, especially in 2003. It wasn't mm -hmm. quite there yet. So him and the brother are tight now and they, and they chop down a tree, the felony line. Yep. And then and there's more arguments at home. And another great line by James Kung when he gets mad where she says that he can hang out like with Buddy and he goes, well, why don't we just let the why don't we just pull him out of school and let the deranged elf man raise him? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, he's uh, I just love him as in that role. He's so crusty. It's just so perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> One more line that we always love before we get to like the final scenes, uh, going back to this department store where he tells her to make six inch ribbon curls. And she says, that's impossible. And he goes, six inches. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so funny, too. Well, uh, one of one of the lines we always use around our house is um, when um, Faison announces that uh, Santa's <laughs> coming and Buddy just loses his mind. And he I just, just keeps looking at him as he's talking to <laughs> Santa's coming. I know him. That whole I know him line is just the best. And he's well, and, oh, just giddy. The other line, too, that we uh, kind of skipped over is uh, when he gets on the elevator, hits all the buttons. He goes, it's yeah. like a Christmas tree. And that guy just stands there and everybody just looks at him like, what is going on? <laughs> and of course, he gets off well before that guy. When he gets off, like only half the lights have turned off by that point. Right. <sighs> so it all comes together when Santa shows up. So Buddy actually is kind of a callback to It's a Wonderful Life. He's actually, it gets a little dark. He's mm -hmm. standing on the bridge, like yep. potentially going to jump. And this is where James Caan, the sun gets through to him, and he and I love how he I love how he tells that guy, up yours, and then the kid says, Yeah, up yours, and they high five and leave. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but they go get him, they all find Santa, everybody starts believing, but it doesn't happen until they have to sing Santa Claus is coming to town, which is just a wonderful little scene with beautifully done. And you see all those characters from the movie, including the little kids and everything that he met along the way, mm -hmm. and everybody's singing. The right. guys in a biker bar. Yeah. Uh, yep. In the yeah, mail room. Because Dirk Lawson wants a wants a day of pampering at the spa. Right. <laughs> Must be another Dirk Lawson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. What I found weird was that all the people in the mail room have to work on Christmas Eve that late. Because they're all in the mail room singing. Yeah. You know. Right. <clears throat> you're, now you're overthinking it, Gifford. I am. I am. That's what I do. But 
So they all start singing. And one of the best parts, I think, of that is what Mary Stange version starts singing and her voice cracks. And mm-hmm. she just, you know, again, mm-hmm. she, she's so great at that. But she's 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 so into it and she's trying so hard. And the little voice crack is perfect. Right. Well, and, you know, she's outside her comfort zone. Jovi obviously is outside her comfort zone because she says earlier in the show <clears throat> that she doesn't sing in front of other people. You know, but she's... Well, if you can sing by yourself, you can sing in front of other people. That's part of it, though. It's inspirational. It was well Mm -hmm. done, and he, like, brings it out in her. It's the effect he had, Beautiful. It's She's a beautiful singer, and that was a part of it, too. I had that written down, too, how how talented Zoe Deschanel's singing voice is. Well, and you know she is a singer in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, but still. Well, I didn't know if you knew that. Just checking. Yeah. So, um, so they save Christmas. Um, anything else before they go back to the North Pole? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. So we they get back it. to the North Pole and we find out that Buddy's now an author. And so James Conn, who quit his job, has got his own right. publishing company. Oh, he got fired. He didn't quit. Well, that's true. He probably got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes children. But he kind of he left on his own there. Yeah. Um, their baby's name is Susie. And what's that a callback to? That would be the Grinch. No. No? Isn't no. Susie within this movie? Oh. Buddy, Buddy's mom's name was oh, Susan Wells. That's right. Susan Wells. Oh, oh, I never picked up on that one before. Yeah. Susie's not the Well, she might be. No. No, it's Cindy Lou Who. Cindy, sorry. That's who you're thinking Cindy of. Cindy Lou Who. Sorry. I never picked up on that before. That that was his mom's name. But you get to see the North Pole again. You get to see more of Bob Newhart at the end. And, of course, it's all happy and pretty again at the end there, too. <clears throat> well, and, of course, the great scene where he asks to see the baby. So Will Ferrell stands up and then goes, sits in his sits lap with him. the baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wonderful. And I love that that uh, Jovi's there and she's all good with it. Like, she's got on the whole outfit with the curly shoes. And she just well, who loves wouldn't be there. You know, it's just great. Oh. Now they did. Um, <clears throat> they they did want to make a sequel to this movie, and Will Ferrell turned it down. Oh, uh, I think I've heard that. They offered they offered him like between twenty and twenty five million for it, but uh, he just didn't want to do it because he had aged too much and didn't think that he would look good in tights. <laughs> so, do you happen to know was John Favreau involved still, or was it like a whole new like director and? I, I don't know for sure either way because if you're going to do that you got to have the same you got to have the yeah. same crew back that's where it, it could have been like european vacation um without yeah. the same director and and everything maybe amy heckerly was money grab <laughs> maybe amy heckerly right. was up uh, one of the uh, fun right. little facts that i found on this was that uh, buddy's dad <laughs> lives in the same building as dana from uh, ghostbusters Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. Same exterior shot. By the way, you know, by the way, uh, Dave is listening right now saying, what? It could have been like another European vacation. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been awesome. (laughs) Since you brought up Ghostbusters, I I just saw the new Ghostbusters the other night. Oh, Oh, what do you think? We haven't seen it. It's quite good. I I, I enjoyed it. Paul Rudd, of course, is, is, as you know, Pete, he's the best, so... Yeah, the sexiest man alive. About him. It's hard to go wrong there, um, but just all the other characters, the story was pretty good too. I, I really liked it. I didn't know 
I actually hadn't even heard of that movie until like just two weeks ago or so. I didn't even know it was going to be a thing. And then oh. when I did hear about it, I didn't know Paul Rudd was in it either. I'm like, so it kind of caught me off guard and I enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. Anything more to add about the movie Elf? Or should it's we go a modern on classic. It is. They accomplished so, their mission and I will watch it every year. As in most of our episodes, we are tasked with putting together a list of a top five list of some sort. And so we said, why not do top five Christmas movies? So uh, and usually we do have a couple more. We have a couple more. So uh, Gifford, do you want to start? I will. Um, I have a feeling our lists are going to be pretty similar. So I, I guess think we'll so. Find too. Out. Can I can I do some of my um, honorable mentions as well? Do the whole thing. No, you you can't. Okay, shoot. Well, I'm going to go with go a few it. honorable mentions here. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Um, that's always a good one to watch. Scrooged, Home Alone, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, folks. Um, all that's the, a movie uh, we will talk about someday, whether it's mm -hmm. for Christmas or not. But we will be doing Die Hard. The TV specials. Uh, well, one other movie, Bad Santa. I like that with Billy Bob. The TV specials with Rudolph and Frosty, Charlie Brown. But one of the ones I really like, I think it's from 09, Prep and Landing. Have you guys ever watched Prep and Landing? Yeah, I have, we, I've seen what it is, but I've never watched it. Oh, I love our, our kids one. love it. Yeah, I, I actually, I'll watch that one by myself. I like that one so much. Dave Foley you know, is uh, the I main. love Thrasher. Thrasher's Thrasher. great. You know what's a really good one here. that came out around that same time? What's that? The Shrek, the Shrek Christmas like half hour special that came out. That, that's pretty funny too. And yeah, they had I all the like Mike Myers did it. Cameron, they had the same voices. That's what made it like legit. Mm -hmm. But I, right. I thought it was pretty stupid. And the first time I watched it, like I, this is pretty good. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was uh, on. We watched that for several years whenever it was on, because um, the kids were young at that time. Sure. So I'll throw that I, one in. I have not seen that one. So my top five. Oh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Donkey. I mean, they're all in it. So that's again. Right. Uh, so my number five is my favorite of the uh, television specials is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, the original one way back in the day. Um, number four, A Christmas Story with Ralphie. Number three, I've got Elf. Oh, no, I, sorry, I, I do have a comment on the Grinch because you brought yeah. that up. You're talking about the original cartoon. Cartoon. Carlos. But I do not like the uh, the Jim Carrey one. No. No, I'm not a big fan it's of that one. It's dark and it's annoying and it's scary and so that is my enjoyable. my wife's favorite is the Grinch, not the Jim Carrey one. She loves the old one, but so they had one. Was it just like three years ago now? A new animated one came out. Benedict Cumberbatch is the Grinch. Yeah, they, so. her, and my kids love that, and it's actually pretty good. They okay. love it. They watched. They feel like they've watched it two or three times already this year. Wow. So if you want to see a good Grinch version, that's a full length movie. Pete, and you hadn't seen it, that's one that you could check out, because it's better than the Jim Carrey one, for sure. I think we did see it. It seems like we did see that one once. It's another one. It's got, it's bright and colorful. It's much more, like, true to the old, you know, the original. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry, we cut you off, Gifford. That, that's all right. I'm used to it. Uh, my number <laughs> three, again, was Elf. Number two, Love Actually. And number one for me is Christmas Vacation. So our top four are not only the same, they're in the same order. So I'll just. <laughs> Who's well, your I had, I had Christmas Vacation 1, Love Actually 2, Elf 3, and A Christmas Story 4. 
And then I had Home Alone at five. Okay. That's one I'll watch every year. And then I did it. I put Die Hard as an honorable mention. And I'm not going to get into an argument about Christmas or not. But I, I put it there because, I mean, that's like my favorite movie of all time. One of them. Mm-hmm. So even though I do, I do love to watch it at Christmas. It's, you know, it's bigger than that. One that you didn't mention was Miracle on 34th Street. I like that movie a lot. That old and the new version. It. Or okay. newer. It's from 1994. But the, there's an older one and the newer one. And then um, the only other ones I listed were Rudolph and Charlie Brown, which I don't consider those under movies. I don't put the specials in the same category as the movies. Sure. So right I up. wouldn't have put them in my top five. But they deserve a mention here because Rudolph and Charlie Brown are the two that I will watch until I die, no matter whether I'm alone or with kids or whatever. Right. They are to me, like and love actually, to me, they are perfect. Right. Until so you you're die gonna, alone, you're gonna until, tell, yeah, until, until I die, and you until you look like this. <laughs> I should have some cue cards for that part. <laughs> All right, that's uh, it. Same yours. I have three honorable mentions. Uh, one I think I didn't hear mentioned. So uh, I do have Love Actually and Die Hard as two of mine. The other one that I saw once and we did see it in a theater and I would like to see it again just to see if I still like it, but I really enjoyed it in the theater Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. And, well, it's John Favreau is in it too. Yeah. And one, one thing I loved about it is that Favreau in that movie is exactly like our buddy named Haken. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly that's for sure true. It, it's totally him. I've and, seen that movie uh, a couple times. It's got a lot of people I like in it, but I, it's, it's if it's on TV and I got, I mean, I, I will sit through it, but I, I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't put it anywhere near like the top ones. But I'd be curious uh, if you watched it again, if you still think that. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I enjoyed it when I saw it, but uh, and then I had the top five. Uh, actually, another one that you didn't mention that is in my top five, but there's an asterisk on it. Um, Home Alone, I do have the one that nobody mentioned, and I know why because it's not really a Christmas movie, but I consider it a holiday season movie. I put Planes, Trains, and Automobiles on it oh. because. It's it's a Thanksgiving movie, but it's yep. like you know that season, and it's one it's that the holiday season. we try and yep. watch every year. So, well, um, along that line, another movie that I always kind of consider as kind of a Christmas or a New Year's movie is When Harry Met Sally. It is, yeah. Oh, because sure. it has pretty major scenes in it, and it ends that way. But you know, I wouldn't put it in the category, but. I could see if you brought it up, like I get that it it fits. I, that. I would take the asterisks off of your list, there, Pete. I think. That's... Well, yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. I think is more specifically to Thanksgiving, and uh, well, it is. Uh, it has well, nothing no, to do with what Christmas. I, what I'm about to say though is when Harry met Sally is sort of all over the place. It's not yeah. just around, right. centered around one holiday. It's gonna it ends at New Year's. Uh, and there's, I think, is there a little Christmas in it too? Like yeah, like they, they get a tree and they walk it. You know, I can yep. picture them walking the tree down the street. Yeah, and... yeah. But it's not what the whole movie's about. No, no. Right. So, uh, and then I did have Elf, which we've talked about already, and Christmas Story, and Christmas Vacation is my number one. There you and go. so did we, we all just... have Elf at three? I had it at three. Oh. Yeah. Is that a bingo? Is that what we call that? Oh, yeah. Playlist Christmas course, vacation. we have a bingo. And Christmas vacation <laughs> at one, right? For everybody? Yeah, two yeah, bingos. Got a bingo. And a Excellent. couple of um, trifectas, too. Christmas mm-hmm. story is a trifecta. Yes. Yep. Yep. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, and we just watched Christmas Vacation the other night too. And of course, have you watched it yet this year? No, um, I have not. I haven't watched it this holiday season yet. It was on like TBS for 24 hours straight. I saw, so I yeah. clicked on it for you know a little while there, but I didn't well, watch the whole thing yet. You know what? It's still great. It is, and it made me want to go back and listen to the <laughs> pop culture yearbook episode about it, which I'm going to listen to again. And uh, hey, everybody listening, we did an episode on Christmas Vacation, so go back and listen to it. Please do. Tell your That's friends. Cool. Special shout out to my coworker Danny, who uh, uh, sent me a text the other day, or an IM, saying that he watched Christmas Vacation and it reminded him of our podcast. So, well, wow, isn't that cool? Throwing that out there, I like that. Well, if anybody else wanted to um, comment on what we got going on, where can they where can they do that at, Pete? Uh, you know, they could put it on Apple Podcasts. They could leave us a review. They could comment on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you know, Google Maps, wherever they want, anywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, Google Maps, <laughs> Yelp, and uh, we're all over Yelp, DoorDash, and, my f- <laughs> and uh, hey, let's, let's play my favorite Chris- Christmas carol. Gifford, do you know what that is? Uh, standing on my own two feet by Preacher Row. That's right. I love oh, it. Carol love it. singers. Every year we sit, we uh, dance around the Christmas tree, just standing around my, standing on my own two feet. And uh, there you go. It's always a, it's a great Christmas tradition. It's a Danish tradition to stand, to dance <laughs> around the Christmas tree, but listening to that song. Right. <laughs> Beauty. All right. Great episode, guys. All Thanks right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? I'm scared, but there's nothing I can do